0: Thank you.
1: Sounds good this morning. Look, I love you. You know, a little technical difficulties are not bad, all right? It means we're trying. We're up here singing. So listen, let's just give God the glory for it all. We're going to have a good time regardless. Amen? Amen? Amen. Good to see you here. Let's sing this song. I love it. 10,000 reasons to bless the Lord. Amen. got to do in heaven amen but to worship his holy name to bless him 10,000 years then another 10,000 years in the presence of our Lord and Savior amen Woo. love that Listen, this is a great great song of, of our faith and our testimony in him because of his faithfulness towards us I not you sing this this morning give me a song awesome.
2: amen. Who in here can say how great that faithfulness is? Because whenever we lack faith, he's still there. Amen. Listen, we are so glad that you're here this morning worshiping with us at Airline Baptist Church. My name is Chase. I'm one of the pastors here. And whether it's your first time here, your first time back in a long time, or maybe you've been here all year. I mean, like we're halfway through 2021 right now, I think. That's crazy. So, just delighted you're here with us today if you're a first time guest uh, we've got a gift for you in the back you can meet one of our pastors back there pastor mike he would love to give you that gift Um, and and again we've got ways for you to check in you can check in either by texting that was scrolling on the screen it'll be there afterwards Uh, you can check in in your worship guide there's there's ways how to text and there's a card you can fill out as well drop that in the offering plate as you leave but listen we are excited you're here and i'm ready to keep on worshiping but can, can i pray let's just let's just continue on this path of worship today dear father we are so glad so grateful god that your mercies do renew every morning god that that you're bigger than anything god you're bigger than our faults you're bigger than our problems you're bigger than our failures god you're a big god that can do big big things in and through us god and we are excited to see what you're doing in our lives, and we're excited to see, God, what you're doing with your church, and we want to make sure to give you all the glory and all the praise, and it's in your name we pray, amen.
0: i
1: God for your wonderful and amazing love God that reaches down who unworthy so unworthy are we God but you love us anyway God your words tell us that God we we see it and we feel it God that you do genuinely love us thank you God bless this time together be with our pastors he brings the word this morning (coughs) fill this place with your presence in Jesus name amen
3: Amen, Jesus Christ is the greatest gift ever given, amen, for God so loved the world. You can tell somebody you love them, but the proof is in the pudding, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, the only one ever born that way, the only one born of a virgin, the only Son that God had, that whoever believes in Him, you're a whoever, you're a whoever, you're a whoever, those watching, you're a whoever, that you can have eternal life, everlasting life, and abundant life, even here on this earth. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike and worship team. Hope you'll mark on your calendar um, June the 23rd. Am I right about that, Pastor Mike? May the 23rd. May the 23rd. We're going to be honoring um, the the ministry of Pastor Mike and Janice Welburn. They're not going anywhere. If you haven't heard, they're just transitioning into a different role. That'll be a very special morning. We plan to do it that night, thinking some people from other churches could come that night and be with us. That used to be here, friends of Pastor Mike, but several of them said we can come if you do it Sunday morning. So we're going to do that Sunday morning. It'll be a wonderful, special time together in the Lord. Take your copy of God's Word, if you will and turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 22. What do you think of when you hear the word service? What comes to mind when you hear the word service? Maybe you think of excellent customer service, just over the top customer service. I was out shopping with my wife yesterday, and we were at one of those stores in Flowery Branch, Marshall's Ross, one of those discount stores, and the young man waiting on us was just over the top. Have you had a good day? What are y'all going to be doing tonight? Is your day coming to a close? This young man enjoyed what he was doing, and it just makes you feel good when people give you over-the-top customer service. There's some some restaurants, I believe in Florida— A seafood restaurant, I don't even remember the name of it, but their trademark is they insult you. They make hats and put on people and write insult. I'm not going to a place like that. I want to be encouraged in my walk with the Lord. We all like to have good customer service, and sadly sometimes it's the bad that sticks out in us, in our memory. I began working uh, the day after I turned 16 years old. My stepmother took me to the county next door to Wilcox County because Cordell's was closed that day so I could get my driver's license and start to work the day after I turned 16 Working for my Uncle John Shepherd at Piggly Wiggly, Piggly Wiggly number 38 on 16th Avenue in Cordell, Georgia, one of the two Piggly Wigglies we had at the time. And you know, Piggly Wiggly is kind of a nationwide chain, but there are different branches of that. And I worked for Piggly Wiggly Southern, which is no longer in existence, and I told them they would not be in existence when I wrote my three-page sermon slash letter of resignation, where they decided they were going to be open on Sunday and start selling beer and wine, and they'd stood on the word of God all those years, and I said, God's not going to honor that, and sure enough, they're out of existence today, Piggly Wiggly Southern. There's still Piggly Wigglies around, but my Uncle John drilled in our head customer service. We had to speak to everybody that came in And in the South Georgia heat and humidity, I had to wear a white shirt and a tie like a bunch of Mormons taking out people's groceries down there. We had to speak to every customer. I had to memorize every aisle, what was on every aisle of every store. So if a lady needed help or a gentleman needed help, I could tell them right where it was. And when I bagged up their groceries in the old-fashioned paper sacks that we had back then, I would say, did you find everything you need today? Is there anything I can get for you? To every single customer, it was over-the-top customer service. And you know, if you think about places like that, probably the main thing that sticks out for many of us is— God's chicken, Chick-fil-A, amen. Chick-fil-A knows how to do some customer service. And Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, was a godly gentleman. He liked to tell people he wasn't in the chicken business, he was in the people business. He was in the people business. And you can see that in Chick-fil-A's purpose statement. It goes beyond just people to honoring God. Their purpose statement says this, Chick-fil-A exists to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come into contact with Chick-fil-A. Now i want to ask you to raise your hand because I guess in every situation you might get one bad example, but very few bad examples of bad customer service at Chick-fil-A. If I'm ever out in another restaurant and I thank somebody for serving us and they say, what do they tell you at Chick-fil-A? my pleasure. I said you used to work at Chick-fil-A, didn't you? And many times they did. They trained them right. They're not just doing a job. They're trained to say it's my pleasure. So Sam, Truett Cathy, sort of say Sam Cathy, an old preacher. Truett Cathy did it right. He said he wasn't just selling chicken. He was serving people. And if you've ever visited Chick-fil-A, you know that. There is a reason that just about any hour of any day, except Sunday, of course, they still honor the Lord, and they're closed on Sunday. Almost any hour of any day, they're lined up all the way around the building. People are in line. I don't see that at McDonald's and Burger King. That's another story. But I see it at Chick-fil-A. Not only is the line long, but they move you through quickly because they're out there greeting you with a smile on their face. People like to be made appreciated. Service with a smile. And those of us who are servants of the Most High God, we ought to serve God by serving people with a smile on their face. Because look here, I woke up this morning and I was not in hell. That's where I deserved to be when I woke up today. Not only did I wake up not in hell, I will never, ever, 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 ever go to hell because of the blood of Jesus, God's Son. Nothing can separate you from the love of God when you have a personal relationship with Him. So there's something special about that five-star customer service you know these days you can just you can google just about anything and find stuff online if i'm looking to buy a product i go to amazon and i read the reviews i look for those five star reviews here's some. here's a way you can help us church family if you've not done it People move to the area. They're looking for a church. They look for five-star reviews, even for churches. You can go to our Facebook page and give our church, if you believe if you believe it's the truth, give us a five-star review and why you love Airline Baptist Church. You can do that on Google, I think, as well. As people move, that's where they're looking for. They're looking for a place that's going to serve them with a smile, that's going to love them, that's going to serve God by serving people. So what is service anyway? What is ministry anyway? Really, it's just doing the will of God. Ministry, you can boil it down to doing the will of God. We're talking today, as we continue our series, sharpening our aim. It's one of the first series I preached when I came here. We were revisiting these purposes for five weeks in a row. Today is week number four. We want to sharpen our aim that it can be sharper and tighter than ever before. And the ultimate test of my ministry, the ultimate test of my service is, who am I doing this for? Truett Kathy got it right with Chick-fil-A because ultimately their purpose was to honor God. We want people to feel welcome here. We said sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. We want other people to feel that, but ultimately our service is for God. Ultimately we're trying to bring honor and glory to Him because He and He alone is worthy. And God is not here in a physical manifestation like Jesus was when He walked the earth for 33 years. So how do I serve Him? I serve God by serving other people. So we've been examining our fivefold purposes as a church. Why do we exist? And we looked at the Great Commission for the first three weeks and the greatest commandment for these last few weeks. The greatest commandment is found here in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 36. If you're physically able, would you please rise as we give honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. This is known as the greatest commandment. Why? Because Jesus said it is. Matthew 22 and verse 36. Some of his disciples are there, and they said, teacher, what's the most important commandment in the law of Moses? You can just boil it all out of all the commandments in the law of Moses. What's the most important one? And Jesus said, here you go. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Not most of your heart, not 99% of your heart, but all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And he went on to tell us what number two was, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Father, we thank you for the transforming truth of your Word. God, it is just as powerful, it is just as applicable to Airline Baptist Church here in 2021 as it was when these words were written by Matthew. So God, help us to hear from you today, not from a preacher, not from musicians, but God, we want to hear from you, and we want to respond appropriately. Lord, as I read this morning in Genesis 6, I want to be like Noah the Word of God says Noah did what God commanded him to do. God, made that be all of our hearts as your children this morning, we would do all that you ask us to do, that we might bring honor and glory to your name. It's so in the name of Jesus we pray, amen, and amen. You can be seated. So our purpose statement at Airline Baptist Church, we exist. Here's why we exist. To connect people with God, that's evangelism. To connect people with one another, that's fellowship. To grow in our relationship with the Lord. Pastor Andrew so awesomely preached on that purpose last week. And today we're going to talk about serving God by serving others. And ultimately, we want to honor God with our life. So if you've not been here and you're wondering why we've got this target on the platform, it's just a visual reminder of what God wants us to do. It's a visual reminder when you look at that. And if you've ever done archery or you know, target practice of any kind, the goal is not just to hit this anywhere. We want to hit it right dead, smack in the middle. And something about a target is also concentric circles. So you can see these circles. We're moving in week by week to the bullseye. And the bullseye we'll talk about next, not today, but uh, in two weeks, as next week is Mother's Day, is ultimately to honor God with every aspect of our life. So it's kind of like evangelism is our first purpose, to connect people with God. If we're not winning people to Jesus, why are we here? If we're not concerned about the souls of lost people in Hall County, why are we even here? Why do we exist as a church? we got to reach them for Jesus in order to move them down in that circle to do anything else. That is evangelism. How many of you, I'm going to give you a pop quiz. Put you on the spot today. Is that okay? You know I'm doing it because I love you. Accountability is a good thing. It's what we practice in our, our accountability groups that meet around town. Several weeks ago, on the week we talked about evangelism, Ms. Carol had clipped for you five invite cards, an invitation to Airline Baptist Church with the Romans Road Plan of Salvation on the back. Pop quiz. How many of you, by raising your hand, you gave out some of those outreach cards between then and now? Well, several of us have. the day, As long as you've got breath in your body, you can still do it. It's a simple thing to do. Just say, hey, can I just give you something? That's all you've got to say. If it's a cashier at Kroger, I'm not going to be a bad testimony and preach to that girl and share a long sermon with her. Well, you don't even have cashiers anymore, right? I'm not, if I talk to the self-checkout thing, they call me to go to Milledgeville or an insane asylum somewhere. But if you're engaging somebody who's working, some of you going, what is Milledgeville? Ask your parents. They will remember, okay? You may not know what that was. But it's so simple, hey, can I give you something to read? And it's really cool when I've done that before and I walk away and I just glance back. And they got a line of people and then sometimes they'll start reading it right then and there. Yesterday at Lula Railroad Days, I'm calling these ladies, These are, this is our God Squad, Miss Debbie Smith and Anita and Katrina Bishop and Alma, they were out there handing out those invite cards at Lula Railroad Days, left and right. Alma Simpson went and cleaned out Dollar General of suckers, Tootsie Pops, to give out, and I believe the Smith kids came and helped her give out those lollipops and those invitations. Was that an organized ministry of this church? No. It was just ladies who love Jesus, who want to get the word out. Yes, we're inviting people to come to our church and see what God's doing, but ultimately, we want people to go to heaven. Because how can they know if we don't tell them? How can they believe something that they've never heard? So our second purpose, I don't need to re-preach every message today, but I was off last week, so i got to make up for that since we were out of town. And by the way, thank you so much for your prayers and your concern for our family. as We were so blessed last weekend to get to go to Green Cove Springs, Florida, and visit with Julie's mom one more time, uh, Saturday was not a good visit. She didn't know we were there. She just stared right through us. But Sunday, for about three hours, the Lord gave us a sweet, sweet visit. She couldn't talk, but she could nod and look. And we showed her videos of our little grandson, her great-grandson, Wyatt. And she followed with her eyes. So most of you know that she went home to be with the Lord, to be with her husband of 62 years and her Lord Jesus that she taught and discipled decades of young married women there at First Baptist Jacksonville. So we'll be leaving this week to celebrate both of their lives together. You know, Julie's dad died less than a year ago, and we didn't have a a service for him because of COVID. So we'll celebrate both lives together. I don't even know why I got off telling you that. Our next purpose is connect connect with one another. We connect people with God, connect with one another. That is fellowship. Fellowship is simply loving God's family, doing life together. It was sweet fellowship yesterday at Lula Railroad Days. We stood like in one spot for probably an hour, didn't we? But we didn't move. We're just talking to people and fellowship with different people in the community who came by, wearing that Airline Baptist shirt, uh, T-shirt, of course, representing Jesus and our church. So the fellowship is just doing life together because we were created for connections. You're not supposed to do this on your own. You and I were formed for God's family. And the main way we connected. Caroline Baptist Church is in our life groups, in our early, uh, our 915 life groups on Sunday morning. I met a young man out at uh, Sam's the other day where he works, some I mean, of you know who that is, and he said, I can't stay for both services, so I just go to my life group. And I said, buddy, that's what I always say. If you can only give us an hour on Sundays, go to your life group. That's where you do life together. That's where relationships are formed, and relationships are made because we were formed for God's family. Church is not something that I come to. Church is a family that I belong to. That's why it's so sweet, whether it's at Amanda's on Friday night where a bunch of our church family goes or out at Lula Railroad days. We're, we're the church. Being the church, we're together. Second purpose being fellowship. And last week, Pastor Andrew led us in considering how God wants us to grow in our walk with the Lord. We get saved. We fellowship with each other. But God wants us to grow. It's not like when I hear a testimony and it's, you know, I got saved, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and I know I'm going to heaven. Well, what about since then? God wants us to grow in our faith. We're to be more and more like Jesus every day to grow in our faith. And we do that together in our life groups on Sunday mornings. We do that in our discipleship groups that meet throughout the community. When you love Jesus, you want to be his apprentice, his disciple, and that takes some effort. you got to do something about it. So here we are today. Our fourth purpose is to serve God by serving others. People in the world today are looking for happiness. They're looking for significance, if you will. You want to find significance, you serve God by serving others. One of the most unbiblical constructs that has been out there since probably 60s or 70s is this thing called self-esteem. We need to boost your self-esteem. My self-esteem is low. That is an unbiblical construct right there. The Bible doesn't say anything about my self-esteem. It's about Christ-esteem. I'm going to feel better about myself when I make His praise glorious. I'm going to feel better about myself, and I serve God by serving other people. So you want to have your best life now? You serve God by serving other people, because everybody, once you make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, at that moment, you become a minister. Every Christian is a minister. Not everybody's a pastor, but everyone is a minister. So anytime you use your talents, your abilities, your life experiences, whatever you use to serve other people, that is your, that's your ministry, if you will. If you are called to salvation, you are called to minister. So look at your outline on the back of your worship guide. Write this down, number one. God expects us to love Him supremely. God expects us to love Him supremely above all else. We looked at this in the very first week in evangelism, connecting with God. But in order for us to get today right, that's where the text starts. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know why it goes in that order? Because some folks are hard to love, right? Don't point at anybody. But some people are harder to love than other people, right? God says we're to love everybody. Might not have to like everybody. I mean, for a bulldog like me, God says i got to love Florida Gators. For Braves fans, we got to love Washington Nationals. we got, we got to realize everybody is a soul for whom Jesus died. And if I don't love him supremely, other people are going to grate my nerves, and I'll just write them off and have nothing to do with them. If we do that, we are not loving God supremely. I am not capable, you are not capable of loving people that grate our nerves and aren't wired like we are if we don't love God supremely. So that's number one. Number two, write this down. God expects us to love others for whom Jesus died. We just sang it in that last song, for God so loved the what? The world. Todas las personas. God so loved the world. Everybody is a soul for whom Jesus died, and he wants us to love them. We exist for his glory and pleasure. I know I've shared this acronym with you before. Maybe you learned it in children's church or Sunday school as a child. But an acronym for J-O-Y. You want to have real joy in your life? Put Jesus first, others next, and your own needs last. That's the way to have joy. It's not looking for self-esteem or your personal significance. When you love Jesus the most, you love other people, and put your own needs last, that's the only way you're going to have true joy in this life. So some people just need to get over themselves. They just want to be served and— How different would it be in America today if we all had that philosophy that God's asked us to have? If we love Jesus supremely and we love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. I love myself, and you do too, right? How many of you fed yourself this morning where you came? How many of you had that liquid manna that we call coffee? The stronger, the better, like motor oil for me. I gave it to myself because myself wanted it. You know, I ate—I tried to do good and just drink a protein shake. I tried to do good, and it was tasty— when I got to church and had to dig in my desk and find another cereal bar to eat. Why? Because I love myself and I had to feed myself. I'm to love other people as much as I love myself. You are to love other people as much as you love yourself. You cannot take any accolades. You can't take any trophies. You can't take a a bank account. You can take none of that stuff to heaven with you. The only thing that you and I can take to heaven with us is other souls. So let's love Jesus supremely. Let's love those for whom he died. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3 says, Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about bringing Him glory and expanding His kingdom. What that means is everything at this church, imagine when we have staff meeting on Tuesday morning and we're planning out our week and we're praying for the needs of our church family. What if we tried to please everybody in this building? We would look, None of us would have hair. We'd all have a nervous breakdown if we tried to please everybody in this building because we're different. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're all wired different. We have different preferences. So what is our mandate from God? We're to seek God and to seek His Word pray together and go in the direction that we believe God wants us to go in. And it means that I might not get all my preferences, it means you might not get all of your preferences, but you gotta trust that we're searching the Lord, we're seeking out His will, and esteeming the others', other's needs is better than my own. And I'm telling you, Pastor Mike Welburn has done a phenomenal, phenomenal job of leading us in worship for 27 years. Whoever the man is that God has for us, that dude's got it pretty easy because Pastor Mike has already helped our church kinda transition. We still sing great is thy faithfulness. We still sing the old rugged cross. We still sing the hymns of the faith, and we, we lean young. As long as the lyrics honor Jesus, if I don't like the tune and it's not my favorite tune, if a dog barks Jesus, give him a bone, amen. It doesn't have to be Pastor Mike's favorite, but we want to honor the Lord. And we're a church made up of all kind of different people, so we serve God by serving others. And that means sometimes I just got to keep my mouth shut and, and, and yield to somebody else's preferences if it's going to help us reach more people for Jesus. Number three, write this down. God expects us to use our shape to serve him. God expects us to use our shape to serve him. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10 in the New King James translation says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, a good Baptist who's been trained in evangelism explosion or faith or CWT or any of those programs, a good Baptist has memorized Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can't earn my salvation. I can't do enough good works. And we like to quote that, and it is Scripture, but we leave out verse 10. He says, We're not saved by our good works, but we are to do those good works. That's why we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. I believe it's the New Living Translation that translates it this way For we're God's masterpiece. Turn to the person beside you and say, You're a masterpiece. Go ahead and do it. You're a masterpiece. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. I'm not trying to tickle your ears or be a feel-good preacher, because I'll probably offend you before it's over with today. But that's what the Bible says. You are a masterpiece. You're a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So how are you doing that? How are you living out, verse 10? What good works are you doing? If an inventor created something and crafted something, and it, different, and it didn't work, that would be pretty frustrating for him. Not only did God create you in His image, you are a masterpiece. You're created in the image of God. Humans above every other creation, there's nobody else like God except human beings. We're created in Christ Jesus. He has equipped you for every good work. He's called us to do good works. When we don't do that, he doesn't just throw us out. He does like the potter who just puts that clay back on the wheel and spins some more and wets it. That's, I know that's kind of an old-fashioned analogy, but some of you have seen that in movies. If you've never seen it, maybe at, a, at the Georgia Agorama down in South Georgia, they used to show us how to do that stuff. God's not going to throw us out, but it hurts his heart. When God says, Mike, I saved your sorry behind. You should have woke up in hell today, but I sent my only begotten son to die for you and for you and for you, and I've created you in Christ Jesus as my masterpiece to do these good works when we don't do it. It's like we're saying, God, thanks for saving me, but I ain't worth saving. I just wasn't even worth the effort to save. So we want, God wants to serve him using the unique shape that he's given us. Many pastors have used this acronym of shape. I believe I shared the same acronym with you a few years ago. But I can't improve on this. It's not original with me, but what is the shape? I'm not talking about some of us are more round, some of us are more skinny. No, your shape, start, the letter S is your spiritual gifts. Write that down. Spiritual gifts. I'm not going to preach a message on spiritual gifts today, but I gave you some passages there that you can look up. What are spiritual gifts? I'd never heard of a spiritual gift when I got saved on a Monday night as a 15-year-old boy. I'd never heard of that. I knew I received the gift of salvation, but I didn't know what a spiritual gift was, but I got it that very night when I got saved. That's why why it's important to grow, as Pastor Andrew preached last week. I had to grow in my faith to understand that. Spiritual gifts are the supernatural gifts and abilities that God gave each believer at the moment of your salvation that you can serve God and bless other people with. It's a supernatural giftedness. We're all different. You can go online. i put that on your outline there to gifts.churchgrowth.org. There's an online test. There's a lot of them out there. This is one of the best ones I've ever seen. My seminary professor, Dr. Elmer Towns, back in the day, came up with this. And to this day, it's the best I've ever seen. I encourage you to go to that website if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are. Many of you do know what your spiritual gifts are. So the question is, how are you using those gifts and abilities? Supernatural gifts and abilities for doing the work of ministry. And we're all different. We're all wired different. My gifts are not your gifts, and your gifts are not my gifts. It's kind of like different members of the body. My eyeballs are not my feet, and my feet are not my spleen. If my spleen decides, I think I'll just be alone today, I'm going to have a problem in my body. If my heart says, I think I'll just take the day off today, that's not going to go over very well. God gave us all of the different parts of the body in the body of Christ and the family of God with different gifts and different abilities. And if we're all not using those, then the church is— the church is sick, if you will. The church is insufficient, if you will. Because although there are gifts that I don't have, you do, and you do. But when we all do them together, it's for the building up, or it is edified, to build up the body of Christ. That's your spiritual gifts. I encourage you to go online and look at those. Letter H is just your heart. Letter H stands for heart. What are you passionate about? What, what lights your fire? Well, I've been here long enough. I bet if I ask you what, what are my passions, some of you could probably tell me what those are if you go in my office and you see people's eyes get real big there's just georgia bulldog stuff every which way you know if you hadn't been in my office you've heard me talk I'm passionate about that well that's not really spiritual is it But you know what? It can be spiritual if I meet a bulldog fan, or just a football fan for that matter. It allows me to strike up a conversation with them that we can eventually transition to the gospel. And if you're a dog fan, that's easy, right? Because without the red blood of Jesus, I tell my Georgia Tech friends, you ain't walking the streets of gold. You can use anything. What are you passionate about? Early on, you learned that I am passionate about the sanctity of human life from conception until natural death. I'm passionate about that because the Scripture teaches that. God allowed me to be born to a 17-year-old mom. I'm passionate about that for a lot of reasons. So what are you passionate about? Take that with your spiritual gifts and your abilities. Letter A is your abilities. These are not necessarily spiritual gifts, but what are you good at? Mr. Lewis Adams is a phenomenal woodworker. How many of you in this building have seen the little trucks he makes for little boys in our church? Unbelievable. How many years have you been doing that, Brother Lewis? Long time, right? long time. Many. I, I don't know there's been a little boy come through this church that does not have one of those. That is one of his abilities to make stuff with his hands. It's a treasure. My little grandson, Wyatt, he's not aware of it, but he has one already, and I look forward to getting on the ground and rolling that truck with my grandson. That's one of his abilities. Some of you have the ability to sing. That's not necessarily a spiritual gift. It's just a gift that God has given you. What are you good at? Your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities. Letter P is your personality. What kind of personality do you have? People look at me like I got three heads when I tell them I was a shy little kid. I didn't want to be the center of attention. I didn't, you know, going to work for my Uncle John was one of the best things I ever did because I didn't really, I was just a shy kid. But I had to get out of my shell at Piggly Wiggly. I had to speak to every customer, ask them, did you find everything okay? It got me out of my shell. Regardless of your person, some of you would rather die than get up here and talk in front of people. One of the top fears that people have, surveys tell us, if you can trust polls these days, but one of the top fears is, public speaking. People are terrified of that. You know, if you, in, in seminary, my most terrifying moment in seminary, they said, now most of you will be serving churches that may have 75 or less people. What are you going to do if your song leader's out? We all had to take turns leading a hymn. I prayed for the rapture immediately, and God did not answer my prayer. I took that hymn book, I made copies so the dudes were looking at that and not at me, put that hymn book in front of my face, and I, I knew how to wave my arms, I'd been in band enough. That's just not the way God wired me, that terrifies me. And that's a good picture of what happens if we try to serve outside of our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, and our personalities. So what is your personality? You know, when I was a youth pastor for about 100 years, you know, I had kids who loved to get on the platform. They were gifted at singing like many of these young people are. There were other young people that were gifted in other areas. But you know, one of the most universally loved and accepted ministries that we had back then was the puppet ministry. Those shy kids could get behind that curtain and hide and put their hand up. If we were ministering to children in a foreign country, all I had to do is take a curtain and puppets, and we'd just stand up and hold it and minister. We'd get tapes in that language. I've been to the nursing home and seeing the senior adults, they love the puppets. Those shy kids would die if I asked them to stand up behind that curtain. What is your personality? Regardless of your personality, God wants to use you. And then letter E, your experiences, your life experiences. What have you experienced in life? Where's your spiritual journey t- taken you. My kids will probably tell you if they had a dollar for every time they heard their daddy say, God never wastes a hurt. The hurts that God has brought me through, the hurts that God has brought you through within the providence of God, you're probably going to encounter somebody who's in that same boat at a different time. You use those life experiences to say, let me tell you how God's been faithful to me. I've been where you are never say, I know just how you feel, by the way, because I don't know just how you feel. You know, if you've lost a loved one, I can't say I know just how you feel. I've lost loved ones, but we're wired different. I don't know just how you feel. I know the ones I've lost are in heaven with the Lord. You may say, I lost a loved one. I don't know they're in heaven, so I don't know just how you feel, but those experiences, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personalities, and your experiences, that's what determines your ministry. Because you see, as your pastor— I'm not going to guilt people. I'm not going to get in this pulpit and say, oh, please, we need help in preschool. Just anybody with a pulse come help us. I ain't going to do that because you're going to be frustrated and you're going to quit. And it says to visitors, I ain't putting my baby in that nursery. They ain't got enough help. So we don't get up here and beg for help. I trust that God has given you spiritual gifts. God's given you abilities and personalities and experiences in life. That every need that this church has is right here in this building. Every need that we have is sitting right here. If it's not right here, it's watching online, not able to be here today for whatever reason. So I'm never going to guilt you into doing something. I'll exhort you, and I will encourage you to be a part of things, but I want you to be fulfilled in serving Jesus the way He wired you to serve Him. There's an insert in your bulletin today I'm going to get to in just a minute. So just... Knowing your shape. You can go online and do your spiritual gift inventory. Knowing your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personalities, your experiences. Just knowing all that stuff, that's not enough. you got to do something about it. we got to put feet to that. We've got to put feet to our prayers. we got to put feet to our actions. So just knowing that is not good enough. We're asking you this morning to cross that line and take it to the next level. Many of you... Many of you are doing too much right now, to be quite honest. It's why we're transitioning Pastor Mike, and this man does everything. This man does everything, and I'm so thankful God's preserved and kept him around for us. God brought him through COVID. But it's not right for anybody in this building to do too much. People say, well, I'd just rather burn out for Jesus than rust out for Jesus. I don't want you to be the one of those. God doesn't want me to burn out. God sure don't want me to rust out. There's a happy medium using the gifts and abilities that you have so that some people in this church are not having to do 27 different things. Now, thank you, those of you who have done that for years. When the church went through the the leanest of lean years and and you stuck in here and you you wore a lot of different hats, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being faithful. But it's time for the rest of us to step up to the plate and let's take— some of those roles and abilities. And by the way, don't judge somebody for not having your spiritual gift. Don't judge somebody if they serve Jesus in a different way than you do. You've got to step back and say, you know what, they're not wired like me. They don't have the same gifts and abilities. People get frustrated with me sometimes because I don't do what they think I ought to do. When I'm just trying to serve in the, in the capacity that God has wired and shaped me to do. But as long as we're serving the Lord, even if it looks different, that's okay. God did not make us mind numbed robots, so don't judge other people. So what are you going to do next to take it to the next level? Let's look at the life of Jesus. Let me ask you this question. If your doctor told you, you got 24 hours left to live, how would you spend that? If I knew all I've got is 24 hours left, what would I do in that 24 hours? You know what Jesus did? He washed the feet of his disciples. He knew his life was running out, and what all the things he could do. I'm going to go out and live life to the fullest. He did. He washed the feet of his disciples. And if you don't know it, feet are nasty. Feet are na- they didn't have socks and shoes like we do, maybe sandals, but he washed the feet of his disciples in his final hours on earth. Why? To tell them, you matter. You're important. I care about you, and he was laying an example for them and for all of us who are Christ followers today. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if Jesus, I'm called to be like Christ, and he served other people, certainly you and I should be about serving other people. you got to be willing to say to God, what do you want me to do? I read that this morning in Genesis 6-5. Noah did exactly what God commanded him to do. And it was nuts, by the way. You know this, right? (laughs) When God told them to build an ark in the middle of a place, they'd never seen rain before. Can you imagine how folks talked about that man? How crazy, probably some of his own family might have thought he was crazy. I know Methuselah, his great-great, I forget how many greats, granddaddy, he probably thought he was nuts because Methuselah died. I believe in the flood. The math is in the Bible. You go do, it's a fun experiment if you want to do some math. Go look and see how old Methuselah was. When the flood happened, I can only imagine him banging on the doors of the ark saying, it's your great-great-great-great-grandpa, let me in because they didn't believe him. People thought he was nuts. God may put something on your heart that people say, that's just a little bit nuts. Well, they're not wired like you. You do what God has led you to do as long as it does not contradict the word of God. We gotta get over our self-centeredness. We gotta lift up our eyes, look into the fields. The Bible says they're white unto harvest. People are just waiting to be loved on when we get over ourselves and put other people first. I think the problem for most of us, it's not that we don't care. It's just that we get too busy. Am I right about that? For most believers, I don't want to say it's not that we don't care. We just get so dadgum busy with stuff, 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 stuff. And one of the places you can get the most busy and have no time for your family is in a church. You get in a church, particularly back in the day when we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Monday night visitation, Thursday night prison ministry. I mean, when I got married, I was doing ministry six nights a week. And I had to say, this ain't the will of God. I'm a brand new, a brand new husband. i got to spend time with my wife. God's given you the Holy Spirit. God says, Look into the Word of God, see what your spiritual gifts are, and you serve me in the capacity. that. I, and By the way, everything I was doing was great. Prison ministry, all that stuff was great. But i got to say, God, what do you want Mike to do? In this season of my life, what do you want me to do? And listen, if God only used perfect people, there would be none of us. If you have not yet visited one of our life groups at Airline Baptist Church, I encourage you to visit, try different ones. But let me just go on and tell you, well, how many perfect life group leaders? We've got normal ones. What does that mean? They're just like you. If you're looking for perfect pastors and staff, you can't, ain't none of us perfect. We're just like you. We're normal people. We struggle with life. we got the Word of God. If you're looking for perfect deacons, we got some of the best deacons anywhere. They're not perfect, okay? We're just normal, everyday people who want to serve the Lord. And so if you're looking for perfection, you will not find that here. When we're all thankful for what God's done for us, when we think about that amazing grace that I should have woke up in hell and I didn't, is there anything God can ask me to do that's too much in comparison to what Jesus did on that cross? When you're thankful, when you got a thankful heart, you will have a servant's heart. The psalmist said in Psalm 100 and verse 2, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. That's why I'm not going to guilt you into doing something God didn't. wire you to do? I'm not going to get up here and beg people to do something that God did not wire you to do. Because God wants us to serve him with gladness. Serving him with gladness is realizing who he created you to be, that masterpiece, and serving him that way. I want you to pull out that insert on on the inside of your bulletin if you've not yet looked at that. I'd love for you to drop those off on your way out today. You say, preacher, I want to take you home and pray over it. Whatever. However you choose to do that, God has a place for you. Everything that God is calling this church to do in this community is right here in this building, in the membership of our church. We want to be a difference maker. We don't want to be a space waster, do we not? Look at the first thing on the list is our prayer ministry nothing of eternal significance is ever accomplished apart from prayer miss katrina bishop heads up our prayer ministry we get prayer requests there's a group on the on the prayer team we have a text list she'll shoot those prayer requests or if i get it i'll put it on whoever gets it will put it on there and we pray for one another as we go out this afternoon for pray and go at 5 p.m i said i'm not going to guilt you and i'm not but can i exhort you can i challenge you Pray and go is about the easiest thing I can, I can think of. Pastor friend in Alabama called me the other day. He moved from Georgia. So I said, hey, how's, how's foreign mission work going over there in Alabama? And he was asking me about pray and go. He sees we're doing this. And I said, Johnny, it's one of the most simple ministries ever. Regardless of your spiritual gifts, regardless of your personality, All we do is we take this door hanger that says we prayed for you on one side. There's an email address they can send their prayer requests to. On the back, Pastor Chase put, we love our community, so we are praying for our community. Regardless of your spiritual gift, this is about the easiest thing I know of. We go out. We're going to meet this afternoon in the fellowship hall at 5 p.m. Now, there'll be a lot of folks on campus. Uh, Pastor Clint, FCA's got a big deal going on with hundreds of kids here today. Don't let that keep you away. You come in the fellowship hall. Katrina will lead us in a time of prayer before we go, and we're going to go out and not knock on doors. We're not going to ask you to knock on the door and engage with people. Just pray for each house. Can you imagine if you've been to work, or maybe you lost your job, or your spouse ran out, or your kid been misbehaving, or your car broke down, and you've had a horrible day, and you think nobody cares, and you get home, and this is on your door. A church you don't know anything about, people you know nothing about, has prayed for you. I'm telling you, I believe this is going to bless people. I believe it's going to open up the door for ministry. And with this many people, there's no reason on a pretty day like this we can have 50 people out visiting homes today. I think, best I can guesstimate at this point, we've, we've done this to about 500 homes. You may be the only Christian praying for some of these homes. I may have no Christian in the family, but to know that somebody is praying for them, for God to restore marriages, for God to bring back wayward children, for God to provide for the next meal on the table. This is the greatest way we can show our community that we are truly community-focused. And by the way, we're servants. We're not volunteers. A volunteer can quit. We're servants. We don't get to quit. We're servants of the Most High God. So the next time you feel like God can't use you, I want you to go open your Bible and look at people that God used. If you take some time to look through the Bible, people that may have had excuses for God not to use them, y'all remember Noah? He was a drunk. Noah got drunk. Abraham, he was mighty, mighty old when God said, you're going to have a son. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah, bless her heart, Scripture about says she was ugly. She wasn't real attractive. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. I'm not making this stuff up. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Only person in the Bible, I had a friend ask me, Harriet Dollar recently said, Mike, why do you think Rahab is the only person in Scripture always identified with her sin? I've never thought about that question before. I mean, I'm glad I'm not still known as Mike the drunk. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. Why is Rahab always identified as Rahab the harlot? I couldn't answer that question without just speculating. I said, Harriet, maybe, because she's in the genealogy of Jesus. And if God can use a prostitute to bring the Savior of the world in, he can certainly use anybody. She was a a prostitute. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah tried to run from God's call. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied that he knew the Lord three times. The disciples fell asleep when the Lord asked them to keep praying. Martha, she just worried about everything. She was a worrier. The Samaritan woman was divorced repeatedly. Zacchaeus was too short. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer, and Lazarus was dead. What is your excuse? If God can use all of these people, he can use a nobody like me. He can use you. So my challenge this morning is how will you serve God by serving other people? Because we were shaped to serve God by serving others. Quit sitting around and waiting to be ministered to. When we're, when we're out doing the work of God, we're not going to be complaining as much. Now, we don't have a whole lot of complaining in this church, but I've been in churches that do. And one something I've noticed, the ones who gripe the most, they're not doing anything. It's like a Monday morning quarterback saying everything the church is doing is wrong. When you're just busy doing what God's called you to do, you ain't got time to criticize other people. So let's all get on board. Let's serve God by serving others. You fill out that survey, leave it with us. The appropriate staff member will follow up with you on that. I didn't go over all of those, but there's, there's every way you can imagine to serve here. One that we left off is our 20-something ministry that Pastor Chase leads. I, I left that one off the list there. But so many different ways you can serve. Here's an example. Yesterday, Lula Railroad days guess out of everybody in this church, who usually gets out there and sets up the tent and makes all that happen? If you had to guess, this man right here, Pastor Mike does everything. Well, you know, Pastor Mike's family's in the same boat that we are with his mom. You pray for Mr. Dolores. She's just basically waiting for the Lord to call her home. Pastor Mike was unable to do that, so guess what? The tent didn't get put up yesterday. And we have people out there serving the Lord and passing around cards. What if we had a community outreach team of team of people. This is your gift, giftedness. You're ready to go. And listen, you got better ideas than some of us have. We get a, a community outreach team. What can we do as a team to serve this community when it's time to, and by the way, one person can't put up that tent. I've tried. Pastor Clint laughed at me when we went to East Hall Baseball. I couldn't figure that thing out to save my life. That thing's hard to do. But a team of people, we're not going to ask our ladies to do that. Yeah, well, so we didn't do that yesterday, but what is it? Mule camps coming up in downtown Gainesville. This church, we ought to be there represented. Those ladies, and we encountered more people yesterday at Lula Railroad Days than we're ever going to get to show up in this church, but they got the invitation there yesterday. All kind of ways you can serve. Lord. Vacation Bible School is coming up. Pastor Kevin's waiting to hear from you. He said, Mike, i got most of my teachers and assistant teachers, but I need some helpers, I need some people to help with that. And we, we screen those. We make sure we have a background check on anybody that serves with minors in our church. We want our parents to know when you drop your kids off at this church, they've been screened. They're the best people who are going to love your kids and point them to Jesus. Then, music ministries. Good to see the choir coming back. Pastor Mike's going to be having choir practice the next three Wednesday nights for that special service on the 23rd. If you've ever been a part of a choir, if you can carry a tune in a bucket, show up for choir. The 23rd is going to be an incredible, incredible service. You come for the next three Wednesday nights. Our technology team. I was thinking, is that that's Rayburn back there on the camera? Rayburn is on the on the camera every single Sunday. He never gets to sit with his sweet family over here. What if God raised up more people so that it, Rayburn can run the camera some weeks, some weeks he can sit with Vicki and his family. Wouldn't that be something? The men back here in the sound booth, they're back there every single week They never get to sit with their family and worship as a family. What if God raised up some more people who said, I can't do a lot, but I can push a button and advance the slides as we worship and on the sermon. Maybe you're gifted in other areas. Maybe you're good at video stuff. You know, the staff, we have good ideas sometimes. We love to do some video stuff. but We don't have the the staff or the means to do that. Maybe that's something you're good at. And you say, hey, I could help you with that. Very quickly and briefly, because I've already preached too long. The Southern Baptist Convention is coming up this June, and Nashville, Tennessee. We just hosted a meeting here for pastors in our area, and several members of this church gave money. We helped pay for that to say we love pastors, didn't charge them a penny, catered by Amanda's Farm to Fork restaurant, and Pastor Mike Stone came and shared, Pastor Javier Chavez, who is local, came and shared. If you don't know this, our convention is in trouble. Am I right about this, Brother Doyle? Our convention is in trouble. When men like Doyle Connolly fought to bring us back to the Bible in the 70s and early 80s, never dreamed we'd be here again. But quite frankly, we are. And the only way you can make a difference in the convention, well, certainly you can pray. And we don't like this. We're praying this will change. You have to go. You have to be at the convention and vote, which means our our missionaries, they never get a vote. The average, church, the average church in America has less than 75 people. They're not going to pay to fly their pastor to a convention. So basically, it's just the rich churches with a lot of money. It's in Nashville this year. We need to take, I think 10 is how many messengers we can take. 10 people. We'll, we'll walk you through all what that means, how to help get our church back to the Bible. Pastor Darrell Womack saw me yesterday at Lula Railroad Day. He said, Mike, Montgomery Memorial, we're going to have our bus. We're going to load up Tuesday morning for people who can't get off work. 200 bucks a night for a hotel room. That's insanity pray that can change. He said, we'll load up our bus Tuesday morning, we'll drive people to Nashville to vote, and when it's over, we'll drive you back that night. So if you have to get off work, it's just one day. You can't afford a hotel room, it's just one day. See one of our pastors if you'd be willing to do that, and we can talk to you more about what's going on in the convention and how you can make a difference. Well, we're shaped to serve God by serving others. Quit sitting around and waiting to be served. Look at your conclusion there. Number one, will you discover your shape and place of ministry at Airline? Well, you discover your shape and your place of ministry at Airline, and you may look over this list and say, you know, none of those are really the way God's wired me, but here's the way God's wired me. Awesome, let us hear from you. How can you serve the Lord here? By serving others. An area we could use help in is our our shut-in, our senior adult ministry. You know, Brother Ralph and Miss Elizabeth did that for a long, long time, faithfully out every single week visiting. Well, now they're shut-ins. They're at assisted living. They're not able to do that. So that's a a much-needed ministry there. Number two, how can you specifically—let's just be specific here. Let's sharpen our aim. How can you specifically serve God by serving someone else this week? How can you, with your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences, how can you serve God by serving others this week? Well, I believe a lot of us can do that this afternoon by going out and praying for people in our community and leaving them a reminder that we prayed for them. And here's here's the bottom line, number three. If you've never had any desire to serve the Lord, you're just content coming and sitting in church and let them sing some pretty songs and trying to stay awake while I preach. If that's all you ever do, you're missing the boat. You're missing out on the best in life because there's something for everybody to do. You say, well, I can't get out like I used to. You can be a part of our prayer ministry. There's a role for everybody. If God placed you in the body, he expects you to work in the body. If you've never had a desire to serve Jesus, i got to ask, do you really know him? Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You're his one you're his masterpiece, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So if you're not using that, either you're backslidden and your heart is just cold, or you really don't know him. Because when the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in your heart, you realize you're a sinner, deserve to be in hell, but because Jesus Christ shed his blood on an old rugged cross, when that should have been me on that cross, but it was him, should have been you on that cross, but he paid the penalty for my sins and for yours. And he says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God really did raise him from the dead, you too can be saved. If you have no desire to serve the Lord, I beg you to check your heart. Maybe you're looking for a church to be a part of, where you can use your gifts and abilities. We'd love to welcome you into the family of God here at Airline. We're going to be announcing another family at the close of the service that will be grown by 13, 15 folks here just in the last month. So God's sending people together. God's assembling an army so we can touch this community with maximum impact for the glory of God. Would you pray with me, church? What's the Spirit of God saying to your heart right now? Is he affirming that you are a child of God, that you've been set free, your sins are forgiven, and there's not a doubt in your mind you're going to heaven? If you say, well, I'd like to think so, I hope so, that's the wrong answer. 1 John says you can know that you have eternal life in chapter 5 and verse 13. You can know that. God wants you to be sure of your salvation. Today can be the most important day of your life. You confess your sins and ask him to forgive you. Maybe you want to talk to one of our pastors at the close of the service or a life group leader, a deacon, or a friend. Come and let's get that right today. Because the bottom line is, nothing's going to matter a thousand years from today if you don't know Jesus. That's the only thing that'll matter a thousand years from today. If you need to be saved, you come. Maybe you just want to come and take that little insert, that piece of paper, and just bring it down here to the altar. Just kind of as a sacrifice to the Lord and say, Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Here am I, Lord. Send me, the prophet Isaiah says. Show. God wants you to show you how you can go and be used for his glory. If you want to come and pray and ask the Lord to reveal to you how you can best do that for his glory. Maybe you just are so burdened for a lost neighbor, family member, child. All you need to do is just come and pray for others, a coworker that's lost without Jesus. You come and pray. You say, preacher, I know I've been saved, but I've never been baptized. Come and talk to our folks. We love to talk to you about what baptism means and how you can take that next step of obedience. If you're looking for a church you'd like to unite with, you say, we're already believers. We've been scripturally baptized. We're just looking for a church to join. We believe airline is the place for us. You come today and talk to one of us. Father, in this time of invitation, we just want to do what the Bible says Noah did. We just want to do what you've commanded us to do today. What you're telling me to do is not the same as what you're telling somebody else to do. But may all of us who claim the name of Jesus, that we're your children, look within our hearts, listen to that still, small voice, and respond appropriately today. It's in your name and for your glory we pray. Amen and amen. So is everything okay between you and the Lord? If so, would you stand together as we sing this familiar song together? Would you sing this to the Lord? It's a prayer to the Lord is what we're about to sing. If you can't pray this and sing it to the Lord with a clear conscience, don't. If you need to come and talk to one of our pastors, come and talk to one of our pastors. Pray privately. You come and do that. Whatever you need, Jesus is. Let's respond right now.
1: Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my. I can yeah.
3: every second, every moment of every day. Be seated for just a moment. If you will, i got some folks I want you to meet here in just a minute, but just a reminder, you don't want to mess up, next week is Mother's Day. You want to come, you want to be here. It's also Parent-Child Dedication Day. We'll have some little ones that are being dedicated to the Lord. If you've not, if you've never done that with your children, there's nothing salvific where no child is being saved. It's just an act of worship for these parents to say, to the best of our abilities, we're going to raise these little ones to love Jesus and live for Jesus and to lead them to Him at an early age. So it's not just for babies. If it's any child who's never been committed to the Lord, it's really the parents committing yourself more than anything else. But let us know about that. We're putting together a PowerPoint, some pictures, and a presentation for that. we got a gift for every mom, and Miss Gabby, I'll have a special set back here for you to come and have pictures taken with your family next week. You want to be a part of that. We're so excited today to welcome back home Bobby, Kim, and Connor Reed. They're right back here. Would you guys stand? I think Connor's down here. Y'all stand and let our folks see you. Amen. I think most of you know them. They're coming home. They know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life, been scripturally baptized, and don't hold this against them, but they're Pastor Chase's parents. I know Ms. Kim doesn't look old enough to have a child Pastor Chase's age, but, but she does. I didn't say that about Bobby. But anyway, we love these people. We're so glad God brought them home. After we were talking, you walked away, Bobby Doyle Connolly says, one of the finest men I've ever known right there. That's a, that's a testimony right there. Somebody's a fine person who lives for the Lord. Amen? So we welcome you back home to the family of God at Airline, and who's going to come and close us out? Is that it, Pastor Andrew?
0: <laughs>
4: got a little pep in the step this morning. It's been a good day here, amen? Amen. Hey, got a couple announcements for you guys as we close out service, and a couple announcements. It's good to have things going on here, right? Amen, amen. Right? So a couple of things we got coming up. Uh, two weeks from today, it's going to be a big Sunday. Here's why. On May 16th, uh, we have Senior Sunday. Okay, so our graduating seniors, uh, we're gonna recognize you guys during service. So bring your cap and your gown. And we're gonna feed you guys and your families afterwards. And so um, I need, for those of you guys, who haven't turned them in that are gonna be a part of this, I need numbers of who's coming and I need pictures to put together in my presentation. So if you have any questions about that, come find me. Uh, also on May 16th, so for me, like and a few of us who leave uh, lunch afterwards, Uh, May 16th, we have our men's night at Kirk Adams' house on May 16th, and it's going to go down. We're going to be out there, we're going to be playing some wiffle ball, and if you guys don't know about Adams Field, you guys got to get out there and check it out. And you might say, hey, Andrew, like my arm is broken from playing baseball growing up, or I just am not good at baseball or wiffle ball. Guess what? You don't have to be. You can come out for the fellowship, you guys can hang out with other people there. Uh, We won't be playing the entire time, but it'll be good for us men to get together to fellowship and to talk about some of that discipleship we talked about uh, last week. Pastor mentioned the uh, baby dedication, pray and go tonight as well as FCA Night of Champions going on here. The pray and go, you guys are gonna meet in the Family Life Center um, at 5 p.m. down there. You kind of get all your assignments and go. And Chase also wanted me to mention to you guys that if you guys are just looking for praying go assignments, you don't want to wait on for the once a month thing outside these doors in the passport cafe area. There's going to be the invite cards and there's going to be a um, all the addresses and stuff for you guys to go out and, and put on the put the door hangers up. Chase is going to have those up. And here's the only thing that we ask is if you take those um, those addresses, make sure you let us know that you went to all those addresses. Because if you just take them and don't bring them back, then we're not going to have any idea. Um, we're just going to assume that you guys went to all those houses. Sound good? Two things. Two things left and that's it and I'll get off stage. Ladies night. Ladies, you guys probably wondering, hey, how come we're not doing anything cool like the men, right? Your night is coming. The ladies wanted me to let you guys know on July 25th, your night is coming again. You guys are going to get together for a great night of fellowship. All right, it's going to be a Sunday night. And then last but not least, this the night for students, I told them to tell you guys this but I'm gonna tell you guys now because they don't always communicate. We're gonna have some nachos for Cinco de Mayo for all of our students who come out on Wednesday night. We're gonna have a little interesting twist on it. And so make sure you guys are there on Wednesday night and come hungry because we're gonna have lots of nachos. Sound good? Parents, if you are sending a kid to camp, by the way, I need those scholarship forms if you need a scholarship for your kid. Sound good? Good. That's a mouthful, right? That is a mouthful. I just want to ask you guys, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And uh, as I pray, I'm going to pray over the offering as well. So don't forget to give, uh, put that back as you guys leave. Sound good? Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning and for these people. Thank you for just a chance to just worship you. God, you're a God worthy of our worship. And God, I pray that uh, we'll just live that out as we leave these doors today. We love you. praise in your name. Amen.
1: for god so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son to save us
0: come lay them down at the foot of the cross Jesus is waiting God so loved To trust you, no matter what I feel, let faith arise. Let faith arise. For my champion's not dead; he is alive. Oh, and he